This is A Moment with the Pastor, and I'm your host, Wayne Naylor. In our last episode, we began to discuss something that I'm practicing in the back of my journal. I've simply taken a, a page and written across the top, things the coronavirus is teaching me that I should have already known. And again, the last time we were together, we talked about being thankful. And indeed, I, I want to have a thankful heart. Right after that, I've written one single word, and it's simply this, prayer. My need for prayer. How do I pray? What should I pray? And maybe you would think that's a, that's a silly question to ask. However, men have asked this very question since the very first group of individuals began to follow after Jesus. In Luke 11 and 1, the writer said that it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. And the Lord responds, When you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So Christ gives us a pattern, if you will, as to how we ought to pray. It's fine to pray this prayer verbatim, but we're missing something if we simply regulate it to words. It is a concept, an an idea of how I can build a prayer life. Jesus again begins by simply saying that we are to say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. When I pray, I need to acknowledge God, His greatness, His majesty, His worth to me as an individual. I'll never forget as a young Bible college student, the very first class of Christian worldview, college president Paul D. Mooney, walked into the room. We'd already been given our textbook, The Universe Next Door by James Sire. Brother Mooney told us to take out a piece of paper and a pen and to write these words. And it was a statement that he would emphatically make again and again throughout the year, simply saying this, God is God, and I am not God. That's not only good for shaping a Christian worldview, but that's very good in our approach to Him in prayer. However God chooses to move, whatever God chooses to do, He is God, and I am not God. Jesus goes on to say that we are to pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done. Provide for us our daily needs. Forgive us our debts. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us. So if this is the pattern, then whom should I pray for? And what else should I pray? I've got to be honest. Most of my prayers sound something like this. God, touch me, bless me, work in my life. And 
that's not necessarily wrong. We, we have a scriptural example in Matthew 14 and 30. Jesus is walking on the water. Peter is coming to him. A storm begins to become boisterous. The scripture says in, that Peter is afraid and beginning to sink. He cries out, Lord, save me. I think most of us can relate at least to this principle that when we are sinking and drowning in the problems of this life, we cry out, Lord, save us. But it's not enough to just simply pray for ourselves. We must also pray for one another. In James 5 and 16, the writer said, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. He goes on to tell us that we're to pray for the sick. Is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. We need to pray for political leaders. Paul gives us this example in 1 Timothy 2 and 1. I exhort you therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. And we are to even pray for our enemies. And let me say that your enemy is not the person that got the last parking spot at Walmart. Your enemy is not a brother or sister that, that didn't shake your hand. Jesus is talking about enemies to the gospel, enemies to righteousness, enemies to the truth, the things of God. And he says in Matthew 5 and 44, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. We must pray that God would exalt his name in the world. We need to pray that we are full of the Holy Ghost. Pray that God would save the lost. Pray that God would renew those that have drifted away. We need to pray for courage. Pray for spiritual boldness. Pray for healing. Pray for miracles. Pray for authority over evil. Pray for wisdom. Pray for unity. Pray for discernment. Pray, pray, pray. There's obviously much to pray about. So let's stop talking about it. Let's find a place. Let's get alone with the Lord. Let's pray about it. You are listening to a moment with the pastor.